wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Now, please welcome at this time your hosts, Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau. You're listening to the next era of wrestling radio. This is Wrestle Rant Radio. Back here on WrestleRant Radio for the first time ever on Leap Day, February 29th, 2024. Graham G.S. Matthews here being joined by the one, the only, Baby Huey filling in for the one, the only, Mr. Marceau here today. Huey, dude, what's going on? We've talked extensively over the years, obviously, but never for this, for the first time here on my show. Wrestle Rant Radio, dude. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Dude, I am so honored. First off, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm really excited to, to join you. Uh, big fan of your work and just everything you do in the whole pro wrestling landscape. So much respect for the hustle you do. And uh, yes, I am very excited to be here with you. Thanks, man. Well, before we get started here, obviously, like I said, we've talked extensively over the years about wrestling over text, Twitter, in person. Obviously, I haven't seen you since Mania last year. Hope yeah. to see you in Mania this year. Obviously, I'm sure we will hook up at some point during the weekend. But that being said, I mean, just so much going on since we last spoke. And the funny thing is, we texted on Monday and you made the comment, we got to do a podcast soon. Mm-hmm. And then my co-host was un- unavailable this week. RJ couldn't make the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, if there's anyone I can have to <laughs> have the spot to, I got to throw it to is Huey. Like you literally just said the day before we got to speak wrestling soon. And I was like, definitely. And we were able to make it work. And not only that, but you were at raw on Monday, <laughs> not at the SA or the SAP center. It's the SAP center. Thank you. You were there on Monday. So I thought <laughs> we were just talking about this before I record, but um, I thought it was only fitting that you come on and talk about it here today. Oh, perfect timing. Nice coincidence right there. But yes, no, I, I very excited. No with, yeah, for you. Yeah. I definitely want to get you back on my podcast in the click. I've been, for, for everyone listening right now, I, you know, I, I work in radio uh, in San Francisco. I work at a rock station called 1077 The Bone and um, the assistant program director. So there's a lot of duties on my plate behind the scenes, on air, all that stuff. And so I've been able to record my podcast as much as I want to, just from a timing standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and my co-host, Brian Tronic, he's also very busy as well. He has... Uh, God holds his son now. I said coming up on a couple years old now. He, wow. So he's be, very busy being a stay at home dad. And so our, a lot of times our schedules are off. And so uh, like when I'm ready to record, he's not necessarily available and want back and forth, vice versa. So uh, like my timing's been off. But uh, so I've been thinking I need to maybe start getting some other people on just in case, just to help uh, get more episodes out. So that's where my mindset was when I hit you up. It's like, I want to get you on and I got some other people I want to, you know, get in the rotation. So if, if I'm available, but Brian's not, you know, just to get more episodes, I want to get back in the flow, especially as you said, our favorite time of the year, the road to WrestleMania, so much to talk about. And uh, that's my goal is just to kind of get at least one episode a week out leading up to WrestleMania. 
I mean, like you were saying, dude, first of all, I'm awful with introductions, but you just said everything you got going on in the Click Podcast. You talked to LA Knight a couple of weeks ago, which was awesome before mm-hmm. they went to, where was that show for SmackDown that they hosted? So, no, actually, um, <laughs> it was kind of funny. So, WWE was coming into the Bay Area for two different shows. So, they had a house show mm-hmm. in Oakland at the Oakland Arena um, last Saturday, the, the Saturday before Elimination Chamber. And then... Um, the following Monday, they had a show, uh, SAP Center for Raw. And so mm-hmm. I hit up WWE. And it's like, hey, can I record an interview with someone to promote both shows? And so they actually asked me, do you want LA Knight or Chad Gable? And I said, um, I love Chad Gable, but, you know, I know he's a Raw guy technically, but LA Knight's the bigger name right now. So let me talk to yeah. LA Knight. So his focus was promoting the house show because the house shows, you know, have both Raw and SmackDown competitors. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, when I was promoting... Uh, when I was talking to him and I was said, oh, yeah, and we got the house show. Uh, it was the road to WrestleMania coming to the Oakland Arena. And then I said, also, Monday Night Raw. And he said, he said, let's focus on SmackDown. <laughs> or something. He made a quick offhand comment because he's not a, a Raw guy. He's a SmackDown yeah, guy yeah. right now. So yeah. it was funny. I was talking to a, technically a SmackDown member of the roster while promoting a raw show, but yeah. it, but the point was it was promoting uh, two different shows coming to the Bay Area at that time. So, uh, but yeah, no, it was very fun talking to LA Knight. So I think we co- cover a lot of ground as far as what he's been up to specifically with uh, the Blue Brand for the last year plus. Yeah, and talking his interactions with The Rock too. Obviously, I know you asked them about that, yeah. and obviously they have a history on their on Rock show from like ten years ago or whatever. Exactly. It was which was a, a great question to ask him. That wasn't even thinking, that wasn't even something on my mind until he asked him that, which I thought was a great question to ask mm-hmm. him. But I mean, talking about that before we get into Elimination Chamber and Raw from this past week, but because uh, I don't really talk extensively SmackDown here on the show just because it'll be a bit outdated by the time this goes up. But mm-hmm. what have been your thoughts so far as far as The Rock on SmackDown doing the heel stuff and them kind of pivoting the Cody Rhodes and Roman match? Because you know Cody's your guy. Yes, exactly. I'm a big Cody guy. Uh, so full disclosure, uh, I'm... I just turned 40 years old. So for me, I grew up, thank you. So I, I grew up in the attitude era. So the attitude era was my, my middle school and high school year. So that's a really special part of my life there. And so obviously the rock coming to his own during those years was a big part of my, my youth. And so seeing the rock back on SmackDown, pretty much cutting a promo as if it was 1998 rock, the mm-hmm. nostalgia vibes were amazing for me and Graham you know I like Stone Cold Steve Austin is my all-time favorite wrestler so yeah yeah two years ago we got to see Stone Cold in Dallas Texas and now two years later we get to see The Rock back kind of into a program so for me it's like my childhood all over again in various forms in the last couple of years so I love it um for the promo itself it was good for what it was it was like I like to think of like a like a classic rock band playing the hits you know The Rock was playing um, saying his go-to catchphrases or the, the tone, his delivery was very much like old school rock, uh, a little bit updated, different sunglasses instead of a really expensive shirt. He had an expensive vest on. And yeah, then yeah. Um, uh, there's some other, I'm still waiting for him to say some other phrases. So maybe he'll hold that off for different episodes of SmackDown that he'll make future appearances on. Like still waiting for Rudy Pooh, Candy Ass, and some other catchphrases. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping he's going to save and deliver at other points just to spread it out. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of Easter eggs there to break down, which I'm sure we'll get to in a second. There was a really lot to unpack on that initial heel promo. 
And but I do want to commend The Rock and the powers that be with Brian Gerwitz, his right hand man, creatively. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that they saw the response from the WWE Universe a couple weeks ago when Cody kind of more or less handed over his main event match spot with Roman, yeah. and to kind of make this pivot for The Rock to go heel and align himself with Roman and join the bloodline. It's it's exciting. It, it, it seems very chaotic right now. And yeah. it seems like they're kind of writing this as they go on the go. It's very kind of convoluted right now, but that's the exciting part. We really don't know where they're going. And back to being like me as a kid, teenager again, I don't know what's going on, but that's the great part. It's like, who knows if they're kind of on the fly making this up as they go, then us as the fans can get super excited for just all the different surprise elements coming our way. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, I feel like this is the first, maybe not the first, but one of the few road to WrestleManias, probably in the last 10 to 15 years, that truly feels unpredictable. And like for the right reasons, not in the sense where it's like, I mean, a lot of people have gone hurt and, you know, the Brock thing happened among other stuff in the past month, the CM Punk injury and Rollins getting hurt, but he's going to be cleared soon. So Mm -hmm. it's all over the place. But I have enough faith, I would say, currently in the creative direction of the company that they will make the most of the situation yes. and what they're doing. Like, for example, like we're not getting Rollins and Punk, unfortunately, and that mm-hmm. was the match I really wanted to say yeah. for the World Heavyweight Championship in Mania, but they're pivoting to Seth and Drew, and that's a match I probably wouldn't have been overly excited to see even a month or two ago just because we've already seen it twice before in the past three or four months. But Drew's killing it right now. We'll get to him a little bit later okay. on, but, I mean, he's just doing amazing work, and we're getting that World Heavyweight Championship match uh, going into WrestleMania coming out of Elimination Chamber now that it's made official, but going back to the rock thing, as you mentioned, the Easter eggs and like the L and, you know, I'm going to make you lose. And he said the Cody thing, but you know, people and they had it in the shot, like maybe he was referring to Roman, blah, blah, blah. Cause he looked at Roman or in that general direction, like just thinking big picture here. What do you think is the end game for the rock Cody Roman thing? Like, do you think a rock is staying heel for a year or is he just playing double agent here and helping Cody win? I'm glad you say that <laughs> for, for your listeners out there. This is something I've been like sitting on my own personal time, like processing in my head. Really? Like, okay. where's okay. this going? So yeah. I have a couple different things is like, my heart is saying Cody's going to win the title at WrestleMania. He's going to beat Roman. And oh God, there's some, yes, the, the initial reaction. Okay. Maybe the rock is playing double H in and, yeah. you know, we haven't Cody hasn't explained fully, you know, kayfabe why he gave up his spot to co- to, to the rock and then suddenly come back and take it back. As we saw at the, the press conference in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. I want to I think that's a really cool idea that rock is playing double agent and he wants to stick it to Roman Reigns and help Cody defeat Roman and end the bloodline. And mm-hmm. that way rock comes back and at the end of the day becomes a baby face again and goes off. Mm-hmm. And then that can lead to a, a program between rock and Roman for a match at WrestleMania 41 or whatnot. For sure, yeah. My other thing here, and I don't see enough people talk about this and let's look at the big picture. Roman reigns, the person, the character, what he means for WWE. He was Vince's guy uh, for years, he, he was like the, the main guy he wanted to push to the fans and be the new face of the company. Obviously, it didn't work when he was the big dog. The fans did not want to be force fed Roman Reigns and obviously led to a lot of booing when he was trying to be the baby face. It wasn't finally till he turned heel and became the tribal chief head yeah. of the table where it's starting to click and work and 
led to the bloodline storyline and everything that's been going on the last few years. It's starting to work. I still think at the end of the day, that the, the big point of this is to get Roman over as the true, like top superstar for the company. Yeah. Like this is still not a finished product of developing mm-hmm. Roman Reigns. As much as we want to see Cody win and do all that stuff at the end of the day, the big goal here is to still finalize Roman as one of the all time legends. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? I think at the end of the day, I keep repeating that is, is the, the, the final piece, the final chapter is Roman needs to become a baby face at some point to really solidify this run of his as a character, because him as a baby face didn't work before. Mm-hmm. I still think they want that to work at some point. Him going heel and going heel for all these years, that's worked. And now people seen his character work and now appreciate it. But, but the last thing we have not seen is him as a baby face. How do you do that? He needs an even bigger heel to get him over as a baby face. And what better person to do that than like a heel rock? So yeah. if that makes sense, what I'm trying to get at is like, I think Roman to a certain extent is still an unfinished project. Him going heel was very key and important to get him there. He is now one of the all time greats with this title reign length that he's on right now. He's the new John Cena or, you know, goes from Hogan, Stone Cold, Cena to him. Now he's one, he's in the conversation of one of the all time greats, especially for this generation of the roster but the last piece to really, I think, solidify him is could he cut it as a baby face for the company? Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I think to, to get that, though, you need someone on that level as a heel to really put him over. So that's why I'm kind of thinking maybe The Rock stays heel for the next year and yeah. maybe Cody beats Roman at WrestleMania. The Rock is so disappointed in Roman's like, dude, you embarrassed our family. You embarrassed the bloodline. I'm going to kick you out. And he, the rock takes over as the leader of the bloodline and tells everyone, get him, attack him. You know, we're going to kick, jump him out. And that's how Roman becomes a baby face. And then that's how you get rock versus Roman. But the dynamic is different than I think what everyone predicted. I think everyone predicted, Oh, rock Roman, whenever that happens, it's going to be Roman bad guy, uh, um, uh, rock baby face. But no, like let's, uh, let's, It'd be interesting if it was the other way around. If Rock stays being a heel and Roman's the baby face and then he beats The Rock because Rock's not going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. Roman gets that win over The Rock and that helps push him over the edge to, to as a top baby face and then really solidify him as one of the all-time legends into that conversation where is he rank against the Hogans and the Austins and The Rocks and Flares, all that stuff. So I think that that could be one angle. And like I said, I don't see a lot of people talking about that. I agree. No, that's exactly what my uh, approach to this angle would have been as well. My mindset as far as where this should go. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want to say that's exactly what will happen because we obviously don't know what's going to happen exactly. But as far as I don't know if the company will go in that direction, it doesn't sound like something they would actually do. But then again, if you asked me a month ago, would they actually turn Rock heel and have Cody get back in the main event picture? My answer to that was still no. So they, and yeah. they proved me wrong on that one. So it is definitely something that they could do. And you are right. Turning Roman Reigns baby face. It's funny to say that he's still an unfinished project. You're a thousand percent right. But what's funny about that is that he's been in the company for 12, 13 yeah. years now on the main mm-hmm. roster. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still working towards that ultimate goal of getting him cheered. And I agree. I feel like if you were to do Rock and Roman at Mania 41, you do the match with the current dynamic of, you know, Rock costing Roman the title, which I don't really think he should. Um, I feel like the focus should be on Cody winning clean against Roman. Roman yes. hasn't been one-on-one in five years. I mean, it really should be a big deal and not due to like rock hitting a rock bottom yeah. or something. Maybe early on, I don't know, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. even really. I think you're right, though. I feel like you have a bigger story to tell with heel rock, Roman chasing them. You don't even have to turn Roman heel that night with like them attacking Roman or Mania. You could even drag it out until mm-hmm. SummerSlam or yeah. something. I mean, you have a whole year to build to the match. Mm-hmm. Another thing I was skeptical of is, is will Rock be around again? Maybe not every week, but will he be around over the next year to build up that story? And I think honestly, I'm curious what your two cents is, but I think the answer is yes. He's going to be on SmackDown for the next three weeks. I mean, I don't know if we've ever seen Rock appear on three consecutive Raws in the past 20 years. That's I mean, that's pretty cool. So, do you think that's something that that's feasible that we could see Rock around more often between now and Mania 41? Totally. I mean, I, I don't know what's the the locations for all the upcoming SmackDowns, but yeah, he could totally fly in, do his appearance, and cut out there. But I think for him, we know deep down he loves pro wrestling. It's part of who he is, his DNA. And, you know, he is part of the board now of TKO. And so part of what was it? The $30 million contract he signed to join as part of the board. Part of this is, you know, this in-ring return that we're getting here. I think for him, he knows, okay, as of right now, WrestleMania 40 could be the biggest WrestleMania of all time. And Mm -hmm. he probably realized I need to do my part to help promote this, help, help sell this. So, Right now, I don't know if he has, I mean, I know he has a, a football probably obligations to promote in the near future. Cause I think that the, the USFL XFL merger, that season starts, I believe in April or end of March. So yeah, yeah. I don't sure. know what movie projects he has going on, but I know mm-hmm. promoting the football stuff is a big deal, but I think the other priority is promoting WrestleMania. So, and how do you do that? Well, he needs to be on week to week television. So I'm sure for him, he realizes, okay, well, part of my, job duties for right now is I got to help sell this WrestleMania and this main yeah. event. So I, I, I would not be surprised he's on SmackDown a lot over these next, what, five, six weeks. So that's mm-hmm. just him doing his part as part of the job right now, just to help sell this WrestleMania. Come Mania, as of right now, we know he's going to be at WrestleMania, obviously. He's not appearing on these SmackDowns if he's not going to be at Mania itself. He's not facing Roman. I guess anything can change between now and then, mm-hmm. but I still don't want to see a triple threat. I think that'd be awful. I think Cody and Roman's the way to go. Yeah. Keep it that way. But as we kind of bleed into Elimination Chamber, Cody during the show did call out Rock for a match. He said, any place, any time. Yeah. Obviously, the only place that match is going to happen is Mania. They're not doing it on, at, you know, on Raw in Poughkeepsie, New York next month. <laughs> They're doing it at WrestleMania, but my question is, and maybe we'll find out by you know by the time SmackDown airs tomorrow, how do you go about doing that? I, I just feel like they're going to do it night one, and then Roman Cody night two. I'm just not overly. I'm, I'm I like that idea, and I like the tag team match thing. If you want to do that, but I feel like if they were going to do a tag team match, then Cody wouldn't have phrased it the way that he did, kind of making it sound like he wanted the singles match. Do you really have Cody pull double duty between the two nights and risk a potential injury? Like, how would you go about doing that? I'm so yeah, I'm I'm not fully behind that idea of Cody wrestling twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if he does do that, then I guess the accomplishment of being the rock night one to mean Roman night two really 
uh, elevates Cody in, into like what an amazing accomplishment in a WrestleMania weekend. He beat one of the all time greats and then beat one of the the current all time great and his yeah. and, and in his title reign become WWE champion. Finish the stories. There's a lot of bragging rights for Cody if he goes that route. But I'm with you. I'm worried about risking uh, an injury. You know, I'm not really feel comfortable in doing that. And I just kind of worry him. Uh, you know, doing two matches, it could kind of saturate or overshadow one from the other. Like I think, I agree. Like I agree. the focus should be Roman and going for that title, finishing the story, all that stuff. So him having like an extra match on the weekend, it would just take away him, uh, you know, double dipping there. I think that that could kind of create a little more harm than good. And I mean, based on the promo, are we just really to believe it, it has to be before WrestleMania or before that at some point, or could it be saved for like a crown jewel or, you know, a Saudi show mm-hmm. where, you know, big money's on the line uh, for that. I mean, I, I guess Cody's, you know, did say like, I want you one-on-one and we assume, you know, it's going to be on a big stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I just, I really, I'm not a fan of the idea of that. Cause I just don't, it, it would just take away from Cody's moment with Roman and all that energy there. Cause then people will be asking Cody about the rock instead of asking yeah. about his match with Roman. It would just overshadow that. I mean, hell we saw when rock and Roman were leaving the press conference, in Las Vegas, Roman was walking ahead. Roman was trailing, trailing behind him. He looked like the little brother in the big mm-hmm. brother dynamic there. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like rock gained a match versus Cody would take away from rock or excuse me, uh, Roman versus Cody. So I, I mean, the tag team match seems like a little bit of a better angle there because Mm -hmm. if they do the tag match, I could see maybe in the coming weeks, maybe Seth steps in and be like, you know what? You don't have to fight Rock one-on-one. I will join you. Let's do a tag match. I got Roman's number. And I think maybe I was thinking if they do the tag match, maybe Seth pins Roman. It's in a tag match. Very similar to how what was it Jay pin Roman mm-hmm. at the their their tag match the, the Bloodline Civil War last year, but then again Roman getting pinned first before Cody gets to him I think that might take away from Cody's moment. There's not a perfect yeah. scenario that that's the issue here, and that's kind of what we've been worked into ever since Roman became a unified double champion two years ago. Yeah, I think the big issue here is that I don't know if they promised him or the working idea is is that Rock has to wrestle at WrestleMania. I don't think he has to. No. I think they they think he has to. They want him at the show. People might arguably and logically bring up the point, how do you have Rock a part of WrestleMania but not wrestle? I can understand that. I mean, at the same time, he appeared at like freaking five manias in a row 10 years ago, and he didn't wrestle at most of them. He just showed up at a promo, rock bottom, Eric Rowan. I mean, he wrestled for that one, but... You know, for a lot ripped of his things, pants off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he would do a lot of the same stuff. Um, I really, really, really do not think he has to wrestle. I, I the, the tag team thing and the singles thing for me accomplish all the same stuff that you just mentioned. I feel like it takes away from the Cody moment of night too. Even the tag team match on night one. If you do the tag team match, you're having Cody and Roman in the ring for the first time in a match for the first time since Mania last year. Mm-hmm. And when you do that night two, it's like okay, you know. We just saw this last night. I know the title's on the line this time, but it kind of takes away from that aura. That's like Hogan and Andre having a tag team match. They had a two-night mania in WrestleMania 3. It kind of takes away from the aura of them looking across from the ring from each other. I don't know. Just my opinion there, but I feel like that would be the way to go. And even if they do Cody and Rock, which I'm kind of convinced they are at this point on, on night one, I think Rock would win. 
And I'm okay with that in the sense that I think they could set up a match for down the road or rock. Cody, Cody would have to win the belt on night two. Yeah. And I don't even think that's a lock. Nothing is a lock when it comes to Roman now. Because I feel like Roman could retain. I've said this a lot, but there's a very good chance it could happen. Let me ask you one quick thought is how important is it for Roman to pass Hulk Hogan's title reign? Because that that would be what, September for him to pass mm-hmm. that. How important is that? Because I just feel like for me, as I said, I'm 40 years old. I've been watching wrestling most of my life. I felt like title ring lengths have not been that big of a deal until within the last year ever since Roman hit a thousand days. Like growing up, you know, for me as a kid watching wrestling in the late eighties, watching the, you know, the rock and roll era, the, the new generation attitude era, uh, ruthless aggression era. I felt like title ring length was never brought up. I felt like if anything from the commentators and looking back on WWE's history, it was more number of title wins. So specifically Ric Flair and John Cena, Triple H, Randy Orton, like the number of title uh, wins they have. I felt like that was always a bigger number or important number. I just felt like in the last year where that's really been bringing up, you know, Bruno's title reign, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan's title reign. I was like growing up like that was I never felt like that was a big deal. Title reign, the length of one reign in particular. But now it's like I feel like they're making a big deal. So that's why for me, I'm like, who cares about Hogan's title reign if he beats that or not like who cares and on top of that if you want to you know be stingy on the details technically Roman's title reign is the universal title he's only been WWE champion for coming up on two years now so I would even put a little asterisk next to Roman's title reign as far as Hogan uh, Bruno, Backlund, all that. That is the WWE Championship from day one mm-hmm. to day whatever, the end of their title, respective title reigns. I feel like with Roman, his title reign is the universal title. Now, granted, WWE, they're in the era of brand splits and having two heavyweight championships on each brand. So the universal title for the last eight years was the equivalent of the WWE Championship. But I'm just, you know, for if we're going to pay attention to detail like that, yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say Roman's title reign or, or his reign is not as um, it, it's different than like Hogan's reign. So like that's me nitpicking there. Uh, so that's why, therefore, it should be no problem for Cody to win at Mania this year. Roman has an amazing title reign. He's now technically what fourth all time right now. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Let him have that debate. As far as like where he is on the all time grades, you know, fourth all time longest title reign uh, of the post WrestleMania era that we're in now. And so I don't know, that's just me nitpicking there, but just I feel like the making the big deal about the length of his title reign, like who cares? Like just the, the more important thing is Cody's story. Let's finish that damn story. <laughs> I think if you like Cody, you want to see him finish the story. Yeah, if you yeah. don't like Cody, why wouldn't you want him to? finish the story so he can just move on from it and stop talking about it. That's all we hear about is finishing the story. Why wouldn't you just want him to end it? Yes. You know what I'm saying? And my other thing too is right now, especially on SmackDown, because that's where Roman is with the title, there's so many guys in that main event level or upper mid-card level who are just kind of going through the motions. And like, if there was a championship to go after on a regular basis, because I feel like the template now for the last couple of years now, it's like they build up an opponent for Roman. He beats him. And then that guy falls back into the line. Then they beat up yep. or they build up another opponent for Roman. Then he beats him. Then that person falls back in the line. I feel like 
Roman needs to lose the title just to free up the main event scene to get fresh uh, uh, matchups for, you know, if it's Cody to beat Roman, fresh matches for Cody against, and then fresh matches for just that title to be defended. And then just gives the guys in that main event level something to go after and just to kind of keep things fresh on week to week television and on the premium live events, just to kind of keep things fresh and then moving along. So just to keep things going for the company. I agree. SmackDown needs a world champion an active world champion. Yeah. Again, the Roman Reigns stuff has been great. Listen, I'm a big bloodline, uh, you know, yes. advocate, no pun intended there with Paul Heyman, but as far as just loving the storyline, it's been great, but every story has an end or at least the next chapter. And this yeah. is not another new chapter when you, I feel like the bloodline stuff peaked when Roman beat Cody at mania. We, there was some yeah. great stuff for the Usos during the summer. They had an mm-hmm. amazing storyline. I thought, mm-hmm. I think the stuff really even peaked at SummerSlam when Jimmy, it jumped the shark at SummerSlam, really, yes. is what I should say, is when Jimmy cost Jay the title. Mm. And then we've been right back to where we were before Mania, after Mania, where it's just all about Roman and he's barely around. And again, that's great and all, but we have someone that's ready to dethrone Roman in Cody Rhodes. We have the right person to do it. Put him on SmackDown. You can turn Roman babyface ultimately. You have to build up another top heel at some point. That's another question for another day, obviously, mm-hmm. but. Listen, I think the biggest thing that people have against Cody winning at Mania, you don't have to like Cody, but mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I've heard from people, and I was, I, I feel like every time I talk to someone about this, you just brought it up there, but you're on my side with this. And I don't know if this is a hot take. The Hulk Hogan record, quote unquote, shit means absolutely fucking nothing, dude. Yes. Nothing. It's not the number one record. It's not the same title. And I'm okay with them saying it's the longest title reign since whatever, because it's the longest world title reigning company history. Yeah. Since Bruno or whatever. I mean, that's fine. If they yeah. want to say that, cool. They can't say it's the longest ever WWE champion. I know Roman holds that belt currently. Yes. He's only held it for two years and not yes. four. So I get that. That's fine. But this Hogan stuff is nonsense, dude. He's not number one. Bruno has two reigns that are above that one, yes. or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's not breaking those records. He's not holding it for another four or five years. He should not hold it for another four or five years. <laughs> he shouldn't even hold it till SummerSlam, or till SummerSlam September, whatever. We need to move on. What, is he going to hold it until September, then drop in October? No. Cody's going to lose twice a mania to the same guy two years in a row? That is ridiculous. And I don't care if Seth cost him the win, Roman. I don't care if I run in cost. It's just stupid. <laughs> nothing about it makes any sense, man. I just hate the Hulk Hogan. Not, and it has nothing to do with Hogan himself. It has entirely to do with the fact, who gives a shit? Yeah. If Roman is goes from three or four on the list to number three, it does not matter. He's yeah. had it this long. It's time to move on. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I like I said, like it wasn't the last year where like title reign length has been brought up in conversation. Yeah. Like I said, you know, for anyone who's younger than me listening right now, trust me, growing up in the 90s, to early 2000s, it was always about just number of title wins. And so mm-hmm. Flair... And then when John Cena was getting closer and closer and Randy Orton was behind him, Triple H as well, like that was always brought up a lot more. And that seemed like the more important number Mm. title ring length. And especially with with Roman, like I said earlier, the asterisks you could put next to it as far as technically start with the universal title and just the number of defenses and just how, how often he actually like right now, they're just padding for time Mm. as far as, you know, he's at every other premium live event he was in elimination chamber so he's just been sitting at home collecting days on this title reign and yeah. uh, you know like outside of hogan the person just talking about hogan the wrestler and his accomplishments i know the wrestling in the 80s was not as good and you know but you look at he was defending it a lot on house shows and 
you know, every pay-per-view, he was doing a lot more defending with the title Mm -hmm. compared to Roman Reigns, who it's, he's defending once every two to three months, if that. And so it's like, it's just building up time. So if he was to win at WrestleMania, like, you're going to piss off a lot of fans of goodwill that you built up for all this time. And then they like, did that last year too. Yeah. They, they yeah. pissed off a lot of people last year. It would be even worse this year. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? So you're just going to pad, like he won't wrestle again until money in the bank in June. And Maybe. then, and then, Maybe. and then SummerSlam. And then, and then something in September, the yeah. only alternative is if they do some sort of show at like Madison Square Garden and it's like Cody, Cody challenges mm-hmm. Roman and but there's a stipulation, you know, call back to AEW. I, I, I want one more opportunity against you. If I lose, I never go after the title again. If I yeah. win, then obviously I'm champion. Your reign's done. And they can do this at Madison Square Garden, the home of the story where the story started with Dusty Rhodes and yep. losing the title. And then uh, this could take place after Roman. D- beats Hogan's title reign. It could be like late September or early October. It could be like a big, I know I saw, you know, something online. It's like, you know, think of, keep in mind the new TV deal uh, WWE has with, with USA network SmackDown going there, but it's going to have four like big events on NBC. So could you do like a big TV event for Cody Roman at Madison square garden on NBC, yeah. very similar to like the main event back in the day when, yeah. uh, Hogan uh, finally lost to Andre and Ted DiBiase, all that stuff. That could be a cool callback there. But then again, we still got to wait from as this, the time of this recording, what, over six months? How are they going to fill six months of television on SmackDown and keep us interested yeah. up until that point? You can't. It's like, it's time to end this Roman Reigns reign, no pun intended, and give Cody tile, finish the story, and then let's move on, give fresh matchups and opportunities for other people on the SmackDown roster. I agree, man. You know how they're going to drag it out? They're going to have Paul Heyman on his phone saying, call Roman Reigns and call The Rock, which is, listen, it was cute six months ago. I'm ready, dude. You were there on Monday. We'll talk about that in a second, yeah. but they got to move on. Yes. And I think we can blame CM Punk for the long title reign thing, <laughs> jokingly, <laughs> because I feel like it wasn't until his reign yeah. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. the whole 434 thing, that they really started counting the days. And I love like the length of title reigns. I'm a big stack guy as far as like wrestling goes. We're like, oh, he's he's surpassing this guy. Like I've always loved that sort of stuff. But I think they've gotten to a point where almost every single title reign is over a year long. And I think that needs to be something that's more special. Gunther's an exception. He's a great fighting champion. Cool. But like Bianca held the belt for a year. Becky held the belt for a year. Rhea held the belt for a year. The Mm -hmm. Usos were champions for two years. Roman's been champion for four years. I mean, every champion has had a belt for like a year now. It's, it's, we gotta have, I'm not saying change the belt every other month, but it's getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, also remember like it was in the attitude era. There was a lot more hot potatoing with that, with the title. That I don't like. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, remember WCW 2000. I mean, yeah. the belt changed like, what was it, 30 something times, I think, in that one yeah. year. So, no, I, I'm with you. Like, within reason, I think like a good title reign can be, you know, six to 10 months, kind of maybe like two thirds of the year. Mm-hmm. That That's, you know, a couple pay-per-view cycles. You can do a couple good programs and then move the belt on to someone else and kind of keep things fresh with fresh matchups yeah. and fresh champions for for the company. I agree. And they have a, a deep enough roster now where there's more than enough people that they could put championships on and create compelling programs, like you said. But um, talking about Chamber real quickly, you're not doing a full in-depth review, but 
I just thought overall it was just a fun show. It was a 5 a.m. show here East Coast time, 2 a.m. your West Coast time for your time, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I watched it later on, thankfully, but um, I did enjoy the show for what it was. RJ passed along some notes just saying that he thought Tiffany and Nia were two of the biggest winners coming out of the show. I think so as well. Nia having, having one of her best matches to date. Uh, the men's chamber was good. The women's chamber I thought was great. We already talked about the Cody and Rollins stuff, but um, yeah, just talk about the show a little bit, Huey, as far as your overall impressions of Elimination Chamber. Uh, really cool with the kickoff show. It was really cool for Indy Hartwell, another Australian, to get a moment in front of her hometown uh, or home home country. Yeah. That was cool on the kickoff show. Uh, you know me. I love Asuka. So seeing Asuka and Kyrie Sane retain the titles, that was just a cool kickoff match. We don't get those too often anymore. So it was cool that they did something just to get the crowd going. Uh mm-hmm. Yeah, women's chamber, I think you can make the argument was probably better than the men's chamber. The men's chamber was safe as far as everyone got their moment to shine. They got to tell a lot of individual stories in there. And now we can maybe discuss later or whatever. But it's, it, as far as you can kind of get an idea where they're going now to fill up the rest of the card for WrestleMania based on what happened yeah. in the chamber. Uh, but for the women's chamber specifically, I, I kind of saw people discuss this. If you think about it. So let's see, survive, uh, women's survivors or uh, war games, women's Royal Rumble, women's elimination mm-hmm. chamber. Uh, I might miss anything else, but you can make the argument the women's matches of these different stipulation type matches have outdone yep. the men in the last handful of pay per views. So, so kudos to women's roster when it comes to like these pay per views. They step up their game and deliver amazing, fun matches. I'm with you, Tiffany Stratton. Big star. We know she was the heel. The crowd loved her. Yeah, really. Yeah. Which was shocking to see. But what a breakout moment for her as far as you know, she just got called up on SmackDown a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But you know, did great things at NXT, former NXT women's champion. So to give that opportunity in front of what 52,000 people to go out there and deliver like she did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of pressure theoretically, but to go out there and deliver, kudos to her. Uh, Bianca looked awesome. I love the Princess Leia inspired outfit from Star Wars. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Did she confirm that? I don't even know if she's a Star Wars fan, but she rocked the outfit. Though. Yeah, exactly. I, I would think so. It's, uh, yeah. and then, uh, um, pretty predictable though, as far as Becky winning. Yeah, for sure. That, but then again, I know a lot of people were like, oh, why Becky winning? But think about it. You're trying to sell WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Becky is one of, if not the biggest name in the women's roster. So the go up against Rhea Ripley, it's something they've been teasing for a long time. That's a big time matchup, just name value alone on paper. And I'm sure it's going to deliver. I mean, the women's matches WrestleMania last year were phenomenal. So I anticipate it's going to be just as good, if not better. So it's, it's going to be really exciting here. And I'm excited to see where, Becky and Rhea do here. It's it's been long overdue the teasing of it. So to finally get it played out, I'm I'm excited for it. But yeah, no, the uh men's chamber, <laughs> Logan Paul, give him credit, man, really embracing the heel role with the like the mm-hmm. the, the sharpie and <laughs> right on the glass. Kevin yeah, Owens yeah. going crazy. Actually, it was cool coming into the arena at the stadium with the koala bear. <laughs> so that was funny, yeah. That was cool. So, so no, it, it, that the men's chamber, like I said, everyone got their spots to shine, but um it really kind of, I think you kind of uh, see where they're going now with all the different programs leading up to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that was the real takeaway from that show. That in addition to the fact that predictability isn't always a bad thing. Is this oh, a yeah. show I'm going to go back and watch a, a couple of years from now? Probably not. But I mean, the atmosphere alone made it an enjoyable event. 
And uh, I mean, the thing with these Elimination Chamber shows, Elimination Chamber Fastlane, whatever you want to call it, uh, these pre-Mania shows, they're always predictable because they're setting the stage for the bigger stuff in Mania. They're mm -hmm. not going to change. Nine times out of ten, they will not change the world title at these February yeah. pay-per-views. They, mm -hmm. they may have once upon a time, 15, 20 years ago. They don't do that so much now. I was going to say, was it, remember, was it Daniel Bryan had the fast lane match a few years ago? Did they, no title chains were there, but that led to the triple threat, which led to them getting stacked, him and Edge getting stacked. So, yes. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah February, yeah, yeah nothing major is going to happen. You know, yeah. they got the cards in place for uh, for WrestleMania. Exactly. And that's where they're setting up their big matches. And you're right. Listen, if Liv were to be at this point, maybe not, but if she were to be incorporated, I'm not even like the biggest Liv Morgan fan on the planet, but I've just been saying for six months now, I feel like her at Mania facing Rhea would and would have made sense mm -hmm. given the storyline. And I love, you know, the storytelling aspect of it is I'm kind of high on here as well, because that would have been the perfect story to tell. She's on a revenge tour right now. Mm -hmm. We know they work well together as partners, opponents, whatever. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. I know she was on Raw this week, kind of getting mad that uh, Becky got involved in her match. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's uh, interesting, and they kind of have a couple different stories they can tell with Liv in there between now and Mania, which is cool. But they set up the predictable matches. But again, these are matches that make sense. Rhea and Becky is, and they're not just two big stars. I mean, that's a, that's a big match they've never even done before, aside from one time in NXT five years ago. So. That and uh, Seth and Drew, again, kind of going back to that as far as for the World Heavyweight Championship, Drew's killing it right now. Huey, talk about what Drew's doing right now, the work that he's doing, and also seeing him in person on Raw on Monday night and, and, and the great stuff he was doing with Seth on that show. It, like, you know, you know me, I, I love Drew McIntyre. He's probably yeah. the number one person I've interviewed the most. I think literally I've interviewed him like 10 times. Yeah, Just, he's done a lot of media over the years. He's yeah. done a lot, like, uh, to, uh, talking to a former uh wwpr guy uh, uh adam hopkins i was talking to him uh, a few months ago and he was telling me uh drew when he was wwe champion told adam i'll give you like every friday or once a week i'll do press for you as wwe champion so that was really cool drew that's awesome sorry to break kayfabe but drew was loved doing press and promoting himself wwe yep. the tie all that stuff so the character work right now, though, it's been phenomenal because him as a baby face was getting kind of stale and he needed to change things up. And obviously in that situation, going heel is the way to go. Yep. But the character work, as far as like him kind of like coming off like this condescending. Yeah. I'm trying to think the best way to describe it. It's like you're caught like <laughs> he's talking as if he's being like sincere, but really it's condescending. Yeah. And it's like, like <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's all benefiting him. And it's just interesting. Mm -hmm. His whole initial reasoning for kind of going this way or going mad, going crazy is because he was so paranoid that he was always losing. Well, one, he didn't get the win in front of a crowd. So that's been eating at him all this time. And people I remember it was it Xavier Woods last year was poking the bear. It's like, Oh, you never won in front of a crowd. Like, people were poking him poking the big bear remind him that you never won the title in front of a uh an audience and like you know your your accomplishments are a little bit not as important because of that and so that kind of ate at him and then the opportunity when he wanted to to win in front of a uh, a big crowd in the uk the bloodline cost him so he's hates anyone bloodline related and that's kind of been anger has been fueling him and and and, and which led to him going heel and he's been paranoid at people and he's just so upset. It's, I mean, but in many ways, you gotta give 
Triple H or whoever creative the powers that be credit heels now under WW or under Triple H's regime, mm-hmm. their motive makes sense. It's it's yeah. very humanized. It it you understand like I understand why Drew went heel. Like mm-hmm. you can make the argument if if I was in that situation, I'd probably do the same thing. Like I would be pissed too. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. like I'd be pissed at Cody. You brought Jay Uso. I see him, even though he's he's all good and trying to patch the his heirs in the way uh, his heirs in the past i still see him as a member of the bloodline he cost me my big opportunity so i hate him no matter what and so you understand you 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 understand drew's reasoning you may not agree with it but at least you understand where he's coming from but now where he's going like this past monday he's poking the bear of cm punk he's like you know australia it, uh elimination it was a really tough match and, you know, he said he had like a busted eardrum and the doctor said, you know, maybe I not make it to WrestleMania. But I said, no, I will make it to WrestleMania. I will not be like CM Punk. And so he's like just sticking it to CM Punk that he's better than him. And then, you know, even since, yeah. he's, you know, he sits down like CM Punk, cross leg in the ring, middle of the ring, telling the cameraman, don't film up my skirt. Like just like the, the kill, like it's <laughs> just those little, little shows off his personality. And then, yeah. um, uh, um. No, but this big motive. Or the other thing too, he's, he's getting wins, kind of like things happening in his way. Like he he was able to sneak a win at Elimination Chamber. Uh, what was on Raw a couple weeks ago? He was able to pull off a win because of someone else's help, and he's like, okay, I'll take it. Exactly. So yeah. He's benefiting. Um, he's not necessarily cheating himself, but he's benefiting from other people's actions. And so, like I said, the condescending attitude and like. You know, punk, I know you don't drink, so I celebrate by drinking for both of us. And so it's just yeah, this yeah. condescending attitude. The character work is great. It's 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 working. And, you know, for me, I really want to see him win at WrestleMania from a big crowd. Yeah. And I, even though he's a heel, I'll still cheer for him when he wins yeah, yeah. or if he wins. I mean, that's we talk about finishing the story. That's the story. And the Cody one, too, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I feel like one of the first stories that has to be finished is drew McIntyre winning a world championship in this company in front of fans already a two-time WWE champion, but neither of those wins came in front of a crowd back in 2020. We now have that a WrestleMania, uh, whatever this is going to be WrestleMania 40 Mm -hmm. coming up in April. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is the perfect opportunity. Rollins has been champion long enough. And the funny thing is this would not have happened if punk was still healthy. If punk was still healthy and we got Rollins and punk, which we were going to, I don't even know what they were going to do with Drew McIntyre and Mania. And I don't think it would have been Cody either. I know that was a report at one point that we're not going to do Cody and Drew. And Cody was always going to do probably what he's doing now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know what Drew would have done. Maybe involved in the Intercontinental title match. I don't know. But I I was going to say, you know, it's kind of a happy accident here. It's unfortunate not seeing CM Punk, who just returned to the company, to see him get his main event opportunity at a WrestleMania. And it would have been perfect with Seth Rollins, the story was right there as mm. far as, you know, when, when, when he returned at war game, survivor series war game, Seth was so pissed. And yeah. then they're both from Chicago. I know technically Seth from Iowa, but he's more or less from Chicago. So it could have been the battle of Chicago. Who's Chicago's mm. real son here. And it it, 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 it was a natural, easy story to follow Seth versus CM Punk. And, you know, CM Punk, if the, reports are true he was gonna he got eliminated at royal rumble but win chamber 
and get his main event opportunity finally at a mania that he's never gone. He's accomplished everything else, but not get a main event opportunity at WrestleMania. That's his story too. There's a lot of people yeah. with unfinished stories, <laughs> but unfortunately he's getting injured. But now, like I said, happy accident. Now for Drew, this is a great opportunity for him and finishing his story of winning a world title in front of the crowd. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that opportunity. And, you know, CM Punk, he can still talk. So I, I still hope they use him for, some form of segments, you know, using his mouthpiece for something. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, especially come with Drew this week, it was reported from, I think, BWE, a source I don't mm-hmm. think is all that credible, but they had said <laughs> that Drew had re-signed. Yeah. And then it came out from Alex McCarthy of Mail Sport, I believe, or Daily Mail, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's the source, that he had said that Drew is yeah. not re-signed as of right now. What do you believe is currently, I mean, I, I believe that, that he's currently not re-signed. And I think he ultimately will at this point. Or do you do you think otherwise? Especially with all the punk talk too, I feel like they wouldn't have done that if they're. I don't know. Are, are do you think they're under the impression that Drew will resign? And do you think he will? Um, it's tough. I my heart is thinking Drew resigned, but he's probably like, let's keep it a secret. Like I really want this a secret because if it's known that he resigned, then people are going to think, oh, as a reward, they're going to give him the world championship win. Mm-hmm. I think having that mindset, we don't know, then it creates more doubt on what the finish is going to be at WrestleMania. It's like, oh, if he didn't yeah. resign, maybe he's just going to do the job and let Seth retain, and then he's going to be on his way and leave the company. Yeah. I I know some people are saying, oh, I want to see him go elsewhere and fresh start. I'm like, no, like, why would he need to? No, Why would he even do an AEW at this point? Yeah. <laughs> they got AEW got too many people already. They're about to get Okada and all this stuff. Like yeah, they, they, they don't need him. They don't need I, Drew. Like I, no. yeah, Drew Galloway's cool, but Drew McIntyre is the moneymaker right there. Like yeah. I want to see him shine and the character's working right now. Yeah. Let's keep that momentum going and see where that can go throughout the, the, the spring and summer. Him as a world champion, what, that mentality, the, the heel mentality he has right now, what kind of character work he can do with that as a world yeah. champion, that's going to be fascinating. And I think that's going to be interesting. I'd rather see that play out. My only, how can I say this? Um, my The only thing I could think of, I don't know what Seamus status is. We know yeah, they're, we, they're yeah. we, we know they're best friends. Yep. Who knows what they talk about privately. This is me just speculating. Yeah. We know over in AEW, you know, they got friends over there. You know, Miro's over there. They're buddies, you know, in their weddings and whatnot. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm always wondering, like, where can that could, what can that lead to? Like, could, you know, could they go be with their buddies over in AEW? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want that. Me personally, I want Sheamus to stay. I want Drew to stay. I want, I feel like Drew now, this new character, it's a whole fresh take for him and there's so much fresh new stories they can do with that and mm-hmm. let them let him take the ball and run with it and see what they can do fresh matchups that's another thing we we're talking about matchups earlier seth has had a, almost a year i mean what he wanted in may last year so he's, he's had a long title reign let drew become champion and then get some fresh matchups in that main event scene on raw as well so i i i just i feel like the the wrestling fan in me is like i'm wondering if Maybe he did resign, but they just want to keep it a secret just to keep, to keep that element of surprise and what if what is going to happen. But then the other thing, too, you know, maybe Drew wants to take just time off. I mean, he's been That's going. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Just heal up and rest, take time off and 
rest his body. And maybe that's the thing is like, or maybe, maybe he re-signed, but he's maybe the, the stipulation is he gets to take time off still, but then that sucks. Then that means he would lose at WrestleMania. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> my, my heart is wants him to win WrestleMania. And therefore that means he re-signed with the company. I hope so. I think if they can keep it quiet until then, that he's re-signed. Because that's the thing. If he really wants some time off, which he definitely deserves, yeah, I want him to get that time off. But I also want him as world heavyweight champion. Yeah. I don't really think we need Rollins as world champion beyond Mania. Now, you can solve that issue with Damian cashing in, becoming champion, but I really do think Drew needs to be champion coming out of Mania. With the heel run that he's on right now and the momentum he has, I just feel like it makes the most sense. And I just feel like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you just said Damian Priest, like... Do you think he's worthy of winning a world championship? I, I feel like he's had the briefcase, but if he was to win it, would people really get excited for that? I mean, I, normally I think a lot of people with the briefcase are like, oh, I cannot wait to see them win. Yeah. The way he's been yeah. right now, I don't know if he was to win. People would be like, oh, Damian Priest is the world champion. And I love Damian Priest. Great guy. Sure. But just the present, the current character of him on TV, mm-hmm. he hasn't been built up or maintained as like a main eventer. So I just don't no. know. It'd be believable. Maybe, maybe it's a fail cash in if that's the case. I hope not. We've had so many of those in the last couple of years. Yeah. I hope not. I mean, yeah. I do want him to cash in successfully, but you're right. He's not in the same level of, of a Rollins or a Drew or a mm-hmm. Cody right now. It could be different perception wise coming out of mania. I mean, he's still currently one half of the tag team champions. They might be waiting until he loses that championship to really push him towards that next level. We don't, we, it, it's hard to say. Um, and he does have, I think he's worthy. And what was when did he win it? July? No, June. It was late June in London. So he still yeah. has after Mania a couple months still. I think everyone was so like impatient, like he needs to cash it right now. It's like, oh well, no, it's he a full year. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. one's ever waited the full year, man. I think I think they can wait until the actual pay per view. I I've said this before, but they've never done that before. Yeah. I know he's a heel, so having him cash in in advance would be weird, like announcing it for that pay per view come like June or whatever, but. I think it'd be cool if he's like, hey, I'm going to cash in for that show. And then, yeah, it's like, (laughs) oh, my God, I've less than 24 hours now. Like, (laughs) like there's a countdown, Damien's countdown. So I think it'd be entertaining. I think it would be pretty like fucked up if you won the championship on that show via the cash in by announcing he wins the belt. And then that night's money in the bank (laughs) wins the belt from him, which would be pretty messed up. But there's so many different ways you can go about it, though. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. But they're keeping the Drew thing a surprise, whether it's resigned or not. Sean Spears, they kept his return under wraps going into NXT on Tuesday. They've been airing those vignettes for um, these random, I don't even know how to describe them on, on NXT for the past month. And it ended up being Sean Spears, the former Ty Dillinger in WWE, spending the last five years in AW, departing earlier this year. And uh, yeah, the perfect 10. He's back now, but he's doing the AW gimmick in WWE. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not okada by any means and i think this is just a more a matter of hey listen he probably lives in the area it's a good pickup for them as far as he has experience he's he's had a home in nxt for a long time they know who he is he can work with younger talent i have no issue with the person i mean i i don't really care all that much personally he's not going to win the nxt title it is what it is but i think the element of the coolest thing they were able to keep the under wraps until it was revealed on Tuesday. So what were your first impressions? What were your thoughts? What was going through your mind seeing Ty Dillinger on Tuesday show? Sean Spears, rather. <laughs> well, the, the like what you said, like he, the look was like, yeah, his Sean Spears look that we've seen in AEW and also like on, I've seen him do it at uh, Indie Date here in the Bay Area. So mm-hmm. it's really cool. You think about it, Cody Rhodes, Sean Spears, Andrade, Jay Cargill, Jay, yeah. uh, CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk, yeah. The only one, I mean, Brian Pillman Jr., 
he got a whole different, you know, rebranding, new name. Yeah, all yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm getting at is these people coming over from AEW get to more or less keep Andrade as well. Keep their their gimmick, the same gimmick. Yeah. They're not being like if they're a former WWE person have to go back to their previous WWE look, gimmick, all that stuff. They're, they're, Which they're, was the case in the past, yeah. Yeah, but they're they're keeping their current gimmick just carried over mm-hmm. here. So that's kind of cool. It really shows a new regime is in charge, and they're like letting the wrestler keep what whatever presentation they want. So that's a cool sign there. For mm-hmm. Sean Spears, as we know, um, him and um, oh my god, the blonde guy, the video game guy, uh, they have the the oh, school. Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze. Tyler yes, Breeze. sorry. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, 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 they do have a wrestling school down there as well. And so maybe I'm just guessing maybe Sean wants to go into NXT. He seems like a good person. Therefore help the, the, the young kids down there, the developmental mm-hmm. kids, the, the young wrestlers, upcoming wrestlers. So maybe that's also it. Like he already has a wrestling school. NXT is the home of the developmental talent. And I think that's important. Having some veterans there wrestle with the younger kids to help them get ready for that next level. Because if you have two green wrestlers go at it, you're not gonna be able to learn as well, but you've, you could work with a veteran in the ring. That's a great opportunity. So sure for Sean Spears this is a great way for him to give back, help out. And I think it, yeah, it's a great hire for the NXT brand. You look at him, you know, also Baron Corbin's been down there for a minute. Now the good mm-hmm. brothers are, are showing up there. Now uh, other veterans have come and gone there. I mean, look at Dolph, helping Braun Breaker yeah. last year. So I can see nothing but good in this. Now, obviously I see the jokes. He's like, he's the old kid in the young, like Billy Madison. <laughs> I saw some meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the old kid in the young kid class, but yeah, yeah. I'm glad that they're, they're, they're bringing in veterans to help the young talent get over and just work better in the ring with anything. When you're around like experienced people that helps elevate your game as well. So I can only see it as yeah. a positive thing is what this could lead yeah who knows what it could lead to for him personally career-wise their accomplishments championships mm-hmm. if that but if anything great opportunity and for him to find work again and it's it's funny i saw a lot of people joking it's like wow cody rhodes got sean spears his that friend back <laughs> but not qt marshall so hey, i'm not complaining i have <laughs> sub-zero interest in seeing qt marshall and wwe <laughs> let alone even AEW. but <laughs> i'm sure he's a great guy no interest in seeing him on an honor screen role for that company exactly Exactly. There's no world champion material as he probably thinks he is. But <laughs> as we wind down here, Huey, I'm going to yeah. throw a couple matches your way for Revolution on Sunday. Okay. Coming up in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, which I'm surprised I got that right. That's exactly where it's going to be. I didn't mm-hmm. know that was the exact location until I just said that right now. So, okay. uh, a loaded card per usual. Uh, it's a pretty stacked card. Honestly, like every pay per view of theirs is usually pretty good to great. This, honestly, on paper looks like one of their strongest shows mm-hmm. in some time. Um, and even with some of the random, like, thrown together undercard matches that's par for the course with AEW, but this still is shaping up to be a pretty great show uh i gotta mention this the all-star scramble match replacing the meat madness match i mean this was all random shit they added at the last minute but um as of right now it's going to be involving jericho wardlow hobbs archer hook brian cage and two more people to be announced on rampage and collision that i won't spoil here but they're probably not winning um, but of those names, does anyone come to mind that you think might win this match? I mean, they're going to win a future AEW World Championship match, is worth mentioning. So I know Wardlow, he's real. I mean, a part of the um, Undisputed Kingdom. Yeah. His mission, his purpose right now is to win the AEW World Championship and 
hand it over to Adam Cole. Yeah. Like my gut is thinking maybe Wardlow should win here, but I don't know. Adam Cole's not nowhere healed yet fully 100%. So I don't know Wardlow, that storyline. I'm guessing that's the storyline for Undisputed Kingdom is Wardlow's going to win, but he's going to be hesitant to give it to Adam Cole. And that's going to lead to maybe yes. Wardlow leaving the faction and him going babyface fighting Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. I think that story is better ready to be told when Adam Cole's 100% heal. So I don't see Wardlow necessarily winning here. I'm I'm thinking it has to be someone, whoever comes out of the world championship match. Um, as far as a credible opponent, I'm thinking maybe power powerhouse Hobbs is due for something. I am biased. He is my boy. He's a California guy. He's my yeah, boy yeah. here from the Bay area. Uh, I'm going to see him wrestle locally here in a few weeks, but uh, no oh, nice. Hobbs. Yeah. He's my guy. You know, he, he lives down here too. Um, my gut is thinking powerhouse Hobbs, but I'm just thinking kind of depending what the AEW world champion who leaves the pay-per-view that nice champion kind of determines yeah. this. Yep. Um, as far as like, I mean, hook already had a championship match with Samoa Joe mm-hmm. Jericho. He's, he doesn't need the win. He's already done everything in AEW can. I, I'm just, yeah. if, if hypothetically not to jump ahead, if swerve wins, it could maybe be interesting with Brian Cage because they're part of the same faction. True. That would be interesting, yeah. But my, my gut's powerhouse Hobbs. They need to do something with the Don Callis family. They got to get that going. He just beat Guevara last week on Collision, I think, or mm-hmm. Rampage or one of those shows. Yeah. Did, uh, I think it was Collision, did did Hobbs. So he has some wins under his belt. He beat Jericho a couple months ago. Um, you know, he's, he's got a couple credible wins, but they really haven't taken him to that next level yet. Mm-hmm. He's not going to win the world championship if he wins here, but you know, it's better than nothing. So, um, I do have Hobbs winning as well. I think, okay. um, they got FDR and Blackpool combat clubs, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli, nothing on the line here. I mean, this could go either way. Their first match was great. I think this will be a great match too. Do you see how ha- uh, one team having an edge over the other? I-, I think FDR might win this, but what do you think? So, Real quick, I do want to say what's kind of cool about this year's revolution. It's a lot of one-on-one matches. Normally at the pay-per-view, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they do double digits as far as number of matches. And then it's a lot of multi-person matches. So they're trying to get as many people on the card, on the pay-per-view as they mm-hmm. can. And which makes for a long night. So I like there's a lot of one-on-one matches here. With this one... <sighs> I mean, Blackpool Combat Club has been built up really well. I mean, Moxley and Claudia, it's it's been something new for both of them because they've both been mm-hmm. doing a lot of single stuff. So it's just to keep something fresh for them. Yep. Um, because the main event, which I think it's going to be Sting, Darby Allen. I, yeah. Okay. It's kind of connected with that as well because the tag title. Yeah, I am exactly. leaning towards FTR because we never got that. Was it the fourth FTR versus... Uh, it Young teased Bu- it, yeah. And Young Bucks, Bucks. yeah. So I can see FTR winning if, spoiler alert, if that's what the main event plays out to be. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I can see FTR winning here just to get to that tag title match. I agree. Yeah, they teased it late last year and never went back to it. Mm-hmm. I got FTR winning for that same reason. Uh, TNT Championship, Christian Cage t- uh, taking on defending against Daniel Garcia. Now, this is interesting because it looked like it was going to be Christian and Adam Copeland on the show. Yeah. And Garcia getting the shot instead. I like that a lot more because I don't think Christian and Copeland, the rematch uh, for what would be, I think, the second or third time, because they had technically two matches in the Cinematic yeah. World's end, the match on Dynamite before that. 
their next match does not need to involve the TNT title. Mm -hmm. So I think Garcia can win here. I mean, the guy's been building momentum. He's getting over gradually. Christian's amazing. I don't think he needs the belt at this point. So I'm going to go Daniel Garcia becoming champion. But what do you think is going to happen? Man, I, I'm with you. It's kind of interesting for this big pay-per-view of the new, the first one of the new year. Yeah, no Adam Copeland on here. He, he's got the yeah. night off, which I'm Unless kind he interferes of, or something, which I feel like he might. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. He could totally be a part of the show in that capacity. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm with you, like them having a third match already. It's like, how do you top like that hardcore match they had? on dynamite exactly. so i don't know how you could top that and just, this is like a regular one-on-one match so it makes mm-hmm. sense for garcia to get the opportunity instead to just to change it up i'm leaning towards christian cage retaining just because wow. he's been so good mm-hmm. as the tnt champion but then again you brought up a good point edge or excuse me adam copeland could <laughs> interfere cost him a title daniel garcia he's been around for a long time as far as one of the young guys in that company he needs to get they see they need to start pushing the younger talent i mean i think it was a tony mm-hmm. concert 2024 it's gonna be a big year for AEW. so maybe yeah. them uh resetting things post still cm punk leaving the company get back to the old ways gotta start pushing the young talent again daniel garcia has been there a long time and i think that's a great reward for him winning the TNT championship, kind of reset things, reset that division. Christian's had it for long enough. And then if Adam Copeland does interfere, then that can lead off to their uh, match. That could be potentially for what double or nothing. But then there's rumors of there could be an April pay-per-view now named dynasty. Theoretically, there probably will be. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So the Adam Copeland factor is very much uh, uh, out there. So I could see Daniel Garcia winning because of that. Yeah, I could certainly see that as well. I feel like that'd make the most sense. I feel like Garcia could really benefit from it. But like you said, if Christian retains, I'm not complaining. The guy's been amazing. And his yeah. whole, your father's dead thing is just amazing. So <laughs> you think it would have gone old by now, but it's still fucking really funny. To me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he plays the role amazingly well. Um, Will Ospreay's first AEW match is a full-blown member of the AEW roster taking on Kanosuke Takeshka, another fellow member of the Don Callis family. Uh, this is an interesting matchup. I think it'll be a great matchup. Will Ospreay has to win, um, but it should spell the end of his time in the group, if not soon after. So is Will Ospreay winning a lock here, you think? Yeah, it has to. He he just made his uh, official AEW deb- debut part yep. of the roster this week. But one, I mean, technically, they're both part of the Don Callis family right now. Yep. So Don Callis's reasoning a couple weeks ago, it's like, uh, I'll have two of my guys face each other. That way we're both winners. Like the, the whole rationale doesn't make sense because <laughs> hypothetically, what happened if one of them gets hurt? One of your guys got hurt because of your stupid decision on yeah. paper, theoretically. It, yeah. it, on paper, yes, it's going to be an amazing match. They're both phenomenal wrestlers. I'm looking forward to just the matchup. But as far as the kayfabe story here, it doesn't make sense. Don Cowles' reasoning for having this match in the first place. But yes, Will Ospreay needs to win. It's his first match officially part of the AEW roster. Yeah, you got to get the win. But I feel bad for Takesha. Like, that is someone who I think should have been pushed to the main event scene by now. Mm -hmm. And, well, maybe we'll get there at some point in 2024. He is someone I'm a big fan of, and I think he's destined for some great things. It's just they need to give him some. I mean, the Don Callis family, like, I really want that to be successful because – 
when I interviewed Powerhouse Hobbs, I was like, it's really cool. Don Cow's family, like the Bobby Heenan family. Like, yeah, this is really cool. Like Don Cow should be. Yeah. yeah. It creates this dominating faction that runs AEW, but they haven't done that. They haven't. No. I, mean, I mean, same thing for the United or United Kingdom, uh, Undisputed Kingdom. Like <laughs> they got these like heel factions, but they're not like doing enough with them. But yes. Anyway, yeah. Don Cow's family. I want, but yes, Osprey should win, and then maybe goes babyface after this. That totally makes sense for that. I mean, you mentioned it right there. Undisputed Kingdom having formed back at World's End, still not really having done anything. Adam Cole still her. I know the Kingdom are the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, like anyone gives a shit. But you know, Roderick <laughs> Strong's going to get a shot on Sunday at the International Championship against Orange Cassidy. Again, I feel like this is a must-win. There is no way they fucking lose this match, right? All right, Roderick Strong, that is. Yes, Roderick Strong needs to win this title just to start giving that faction some credibility. And it's like, okay, you're the big bad faction. That's going to run AEW. Well, you start getting Mm -hmm. some titles. So that way you got like, everyone's going to start coming after you guys. Like that's how you take control of the company. You start winning all the championships and very much how undisputed era did in NXT when they were all champions, they ran the place. It was their show, their, their promotion. So yes, Roger strong needs to win just to get the (laughs) undisputed kingdom to get them going and just building them back up as a top faction. Cause it's just kind of, they, they're just there, but it's, they haven't really done anything with it yet. So just, and I know injuries have been a big part of that and all that, but yeah, yes. Roger strong must win. Yeah. This is a must win situation for him. Uh, timeless Tony storm defending the AW women's world championship against Deanna Perrazzo. I think this will be a great match. Timeless Tony storm is just so hot right now. And Deanna mm-hmm. has momentum as well, but I feel like between Jamie Hader, hopefully back at some point. You got Mercedes Monet coming in soon. Timeless Tony Storm has some more opponents on the horizon. She's either losing the championship at some point because of Mariah May or to Mariah May. And I don't know if that happens here. I feel like it'll happen a little bit later on. I feel like Timeless Tony Storm will retain here. But do you think Deanna Perrazzo has a chance of walking out, becoming the new champ? No, I I, I think Tony Storm retains just to give her some more big wins under yep. this current title reign for herself. Mm-hmm. Uh and keep in mind, in a few weeks, theoretically, AEW is going to be in Boston. Mm-hmm. We're all speculating Mercedes Monet is going to make her debut there. So I think if Mercedes gets kind of pushed into that main event title scene pretty quickly, it would be mm-hmm. a better matchup or, or more intriguing matchup for the fans to be interested in if it was uh, Tony Storm. No offense to Deanna Peraza, but like, popularity yeah. right now is with Tony Storm and so that's a bigger matchup at some point in the near future with Tony Storm and Mercedes Monet. Definitely. AEW Continental Crown Championship Eddie Kingston taking on Brian Danielson, a match we've seen several times already. Mm-hmm. They've split some wins. Uh they have great chemistry, no doubt. If Danielson loses, yes, to shake Eddie's hand. So that's the whole kind of caveat here. Uh Eddie just became the Continental Crown Champion back at World's End 2 months ago. Too soon, I would say, to take the belt off of him here. Danielson doesn't need the belt. Um, again, what do you think? Is there a chance Brian, Brian Danielson wins the belt, or does uh, Eddie retain, you think? Nah, I think Brian Danielson on this like retirement tour, if you want to call it, like the last, yeah. Full, yeah. last full year of competing full-time, I think if he gets one last title reign in this full-time run of his, it has to be the AEW championship at some point. I agree. No offense to the Continental Championship, but he doesn't <laughs> need it. 
it's more important to Eddie and his character and what that means for him. So mm-hmm. I see Eddie winning here and then getting that handshake, that visual of Dan, uh, Brian Danielson shaking his hand. That's going to be a big moment there. Feel good moment. If, if, if you want to call it that. So I think that handshake is more important than Brian Danielson walking around with the title that he doesn't need anyway. Cause he's going to be, sure doing busy doing other more maybe new japan stuff and he's just going out there and having fun and just wrestling whoever he wants yeah and that is part of it too i know the continental crown championship includes that new japan strong title and the ring of Mm -hmm. honor title i can see him doing the strong title stuff in new japan the ring of honor stuff absolutely not he's not working those fucking tapings he might work one of their pay-per-views potentially i know he did uh, final battle Mm -hmm. that just is not happening like you said if he's gonna win a championship wholeheartedly agree it should be the AEW World Championship most definitely. Uh, final two matches here already, the three-way for the AEW World Championship, uh, Samoa Joe, Hangman Adam Page, Swerve Strickland. Hangman, uh, you know, kind of going heel right now. They're teasing, Swerve going babyface, Joe just winning the belt. Who we, uh, who we got going over here? So, full disclosure, I just got a last-minute interview with Swerve tomorrow Ooh. morning. <laughs> so, awesome. So, I'm... Like part of my question or one question, I'm trying to figure out how I want to word it. Yeah. Hangman right now, if we saw kind of like this double turn swerve kind of become more baby face. Now hangman's more heel, but he's just, cause he's more like his motivations. Like I want to prevent you from being AEW world champion. That's like my goal right now. It's mm-hmm. like eating at him. I can almost see hangman want to stick it to swerve and purposely lose or Help Samoa Joe win, like, you know, eating the pin or tapping out just to stick it to Swerve Strickland. Like, ha ha, I'm going to lose. It's more important to me to lose. So that way you don't become champion instead of me winning the championship. Like, I yeah, kind of yeah, feel yeah. like that could that could be potentially an outcome here. So that's that's like in my head. I'm trying to think how would I would word it to Swerve is like, are you concerned that Hangman might just try to throw the match just so that way you don't win the title? And even though Samoa Joe retains uh, I'm trying to think how I want to phrase that in my head, but great question. Yeah. But Swerve is so hot right now, his momentum, and we're we're talking about momentum like Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. earlier and stuff. You only have so many opportunities when someone's red hot to capitalize and get them that moment, that win. Now, for me, I was kind of thinking Samoa Joe retains here, and then you do Samoa Joe versus Swerve one-on-one at double or nothing, and let Swerve. I have no doubt Swerve's winning the world title this year. That, that's going to happen. But which pay-per-view? Now, could they have Samoa Joe retain here? And then Swerve, can they hold off until May and let him win the actual title there? Because Double or Nothing, theoretically, is most known as a bigger show mm-hmm. in, in AEW standards. That's why I'm kind of leaning towards Samoa Joe retaining but my concern is can Swerve maintain that momentum for another two months? Can Tony Khan and his team keep that momentum going? And with this booking decision, sometimes I'm a little worried. Can they maintain mm-hmm. that? That's my concern. That's a great question. I think they can because they've been able to do it so far. But like you said, history has shown us otherwise, indicated otherwise with this company. Um, I, I, I am completely with you, though. I think Joe retains here. He's also on an absolute roll right now with mm-hmm. Joe. The guy's killing it. 
this is probably the last world title reign he'll ever have. Yeah. So just let him enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, get another defense in on Sunday. Yeah. Have him lose it in April or probably May, like <laughs> you said, a double or nothing. And then Swerve doesn't have to eat the loss here. Like you said, the great question is Swerve is a perfect way to word it. Because uh, I feel like there is a chance that Hangman could cost Swerve the championship simply by tapping out or whatever yeah. to Joe. And you got to avoid that if you're Swerve, obviously, from a storyline standpoint. But um, no, you're definitely right. I, I think Swerve loses here. Keep the belt on Joe for a little longer. And honestly, moreover than any of that, it's not the main event. So if you want to give Swerve's big moment, you don't want it overshadowed by Sting's mm. final farewell. And that's mm-hmm. going on last. They've already confirmed that. Okay. Uh, so speaking of which, I mean, I, I, I knew, listen, if Swerve wins, no complaints here. The guy's amazing. Like you said, he's winning the belt, not if, but when. Mm. Um, but I don't know if you have it go on second to last if you're going with the tag team title match which they need to do. And that's the EW World Tag Team titles on the line. Sting's final match, him and Darby Allen against the Bucks. I mean, I think we're both on the same page here. You teased it earlier, but I think the Bucks are winning. I think we get new champs. Now, listen, I would ideally like to see Sting win, retain the titles as champion, vacate him. I I don't give a shit. I want to see Sting go out on top. He's been undefeated for this long. It doesn't need to happen that way. He's an old school guy. He's going to want to put over the Bucks on the way out. I get that. Yeah. Totally understand. I don't hate the Bucks. I just think it'd be really cool if Sting were able to retain and, and, and retire as champion. But I think Bucks win here, though. Yes. Oh, by the way, we were talking earlier in, in the show here, talking about seeing Rock act like 1998 Rock again. Yeah. And, yep, yep. and then last night on Dynamite, you see Sting coming down for the rafters again. I'm like, like, like <laughs> mind blown. Like my childhood is like playing out all over again, like flashbacks here. So seeing yeah. Sting come down last night. Uh, make the save uh, with Darby Allen getting the beat down and then Ric Flair with his own little swerve, which was, that was not, yeah, poor Ric Flair. I mean, (laughs) you shouldn't be doing that with Ric Flair in the ring. Like, just don't do that. Just get him out of of there. Yes. Um, (laughs) It's, they, I gotta give AEW credit here because what they've done with Sting in the last, how long has he been with the company? Three years? years yeah they've really handled him i think how can i say this how AEW's treated sting it's been a great way to finish his career because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people did not want sting to end his career the way it ended with wwe kind of in with the loss with triple h the injury from seth Rollins. it's like oh this legendary career don't want to end on that note so i gotta give AEW credit the way they've been really just being um gentle or what's the word i'm trying to think of they really been doing good by him and really like these last three years have been doing some amazing work with sting and Mm -hmm. and he's going out on top and they've really been doing a good job of just re-establishing his legacy and it's a great way these last three years this run's been really great way for him to end his career and look back on it i know in pro wrestling you go out on your back, that is kind of normally the rule is like if it's your last match, wherever you've got put over the next talent, the young talent. Here, though, it would be interesting if Sting and Darby win. And then where do you go from there? Could that be like yeah. Darby's got to find a new tag team partner? Like Sting vacates his half of the championship and Darby has got to find a new tag team partner. That could be like an mm-hmm. interesting story beat. Like who's who's the replacement there? But like I said, my thinking with pro wrestling is the veterans on their way out got to put over the young talent. So I would think theoretically the young bucks need to win. But 
It is Sting's last match. Greensboro, legendary venue for him and his history. If it's the last match, do you, do you want the crowd to go home on a good note, though? Like, yeah. do you want the crowd to go home with the Young Bucks winning and people be like, boo? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. my only concern. It's like they might not want the crowd to leave on a sour note, theoretically, with the Young Bucks, the heels winning, mm-hmm. unless Sting and Darby get a beatdown afterwards. But is that yeah, still probably still yeah or a post match promo or something like that yeah yeah I so the professional in me thinks young bucks need to win because that's yeah. what you're supposed to do when you're you're retiring you're leaving you put over the next person um, and I know Sting is very old school like that um, but then I'm thinking about the crowd and their reaction so it's like you let Sting and Darby win and then you figure out afterwards like Darby gets a new tag team partner and that like there's a you can make a whole angle of like the search. For- I agree. Yeah. So I feel like that'd be the most interesting way to go, but they're probably not going to do that. So no. it's under- I understand I, it. I'm, yeah. I'm most likely thinking young bucks are going to win. Yeah, I think so as well. I think we get new champs in the young bucks. And then from there, they can kind of figure out, uh, you know what they do with the bucks and whatever. And uh, with sting and, or rather Darby Allen on his own. But I think sting closes out the show regardless, hopefully on pay-per-view cutting a promo, addressing the audience, closing out his career on a high note, even that way, even if he's not going out with a win, uh, that would be totally fine by me. But it's it's going to be an amazing atmosphere regardless in North Carolina, hopefully with some familiar faces from the yeah. past and iconic career of Sting Lex Luger. And, uh, I want Lex, Lex Luger, Luger definitely. I feel like that's got to be a, a guarantee if WWE allows it, which I think it'd be dumb if they didn't. So um, I saw the Kevin Nash thing. I think he just didn't want to be there because <laughs> out of – loyalty to the company I, he said initially they said no but then he retracted that and said no i just don't really want to do it so i don't know whatever i mean but. you know triple h is his buddy so yeah 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 i i kind of understand it but lex hopefully will be there i think he will in the front row supporting his friend and it's going to be a great night of revolution i'm looking forward to the show on sunday it's mm-hmm. it's uh stacked for sure it's a uh, uh, lot to get excited about right now in wwe and AEW and just wrestling as a whole as we uh kind of go forward on the road to WrestleMania. But Huey, this has been awesome, dude. I really appreciate you coming on last minute to talk all these things with May Chamber, you being your on Monday, Revolution, and all this other sort of stuff. But you mentioned at the beginning, throw it back again. Where okay. can people find the In The Click podcast? Yeah, so if you, whatever you listen to podcasts, you know, take out your phones, search for In The Click. That's K-L-I-Q, just like, uh, you know, Kevin Ash, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, those guys, the, the, their group, uh, Scott Hall, X-Pac, all that. Um, so, yeah, in the click, uh, we're on all the major podcast platforms. Um, if you can, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've been doing a lot more videos over the last uh, few months. So, yeah, you see my beautiful mug there <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> so, yeah, please subscribe to in the clicks YouTube channel. Follow us on social at in the click. Email us in the click at gmail.com. If you want to follow me personally. Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey 83. Um, if you want to listen to the radio station I work at, 1077thebone.com, that's the place to be for all that. Uh, yeah, man, thank you so much. <laughs> Sorry if I, I can easily ramble on forever talking wrestling here. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh, talking wrestling with uh, so much fun. And yeah, it's an amazing time. The road to WrestleMania, this is like the best time of the year to be a wrestling fan. 
Yeah, no, definitely, man. I'm sure we'll chop it up again soon, probably on your show. And uh, like yes. I said, it was awesome to get you here on my show for the first time on Leap Day. No less, I'm a mark for this sort of stuff. So I've never <laughs> actually recorded the show on Leap Day before. So, uh, you know, we, we, we can't honor the anniversary of this for another four years, which is uh, kind of wild. But uh, <laughs> until then, though, I'll see you at WrestleMania. I look forward to talking to you then. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so I look forward to that. Never been to Philly before, so I'm really excited for that mm-hmm. opportunity. And uh eating some cheesesteaks with you and everyone else out there. I look for Yeah, definitely. Man. You got to find the right place. I went to, uh, I, I told you over text, but a place called Gino's when I was there for mm-hmm. the rumble five six years ago. And it, it was great. You got to find the right place. But you know, once we lock down locations for where everyone's staying and doing stuff yeah. uh, from there, it's smooth sailing and it's all the fun stuff. So I look forward to it. Though. I was going to say my barber is from Philadelphia originally. He's already yeah. texted me some uh, locations and even some other places to go that like, real locals go to not the touristy spots so but then again i want to go check out some of the tourist spots like i (laughs) want to mark yeah i want to see it and then like i want to run up the stairs like rocky balboa and i want to do all that stuff so yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to it definitely the rocky stairs i actually have to watch rocky first before then like cm punk has never seen the first movie before but that's my homework over the next month are you you serious (laughs) i'm serious oh my god okay any of them Yes, yeah, so we, we got to do a I Rocky promise, review. <laughs> Before I see you or, or I chat with you next, I will definitely have watched the okay. movie. And uh, we, we won't talk tomorrow because I probably won't see you by tomorrow. But at some point, definitely before I see you, I'll put it that way. Okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. I'll, Thank I'll you. We'll talk about it for sure. Oh, real quick and just a heads up. So Rocky Four, um, there's the original theatrical release. And then a couple years ago, Stallone did a, a new edition, an alternate version, director's cut. And it was actually, I think that was a better version. So I would love you to watch both of them and compare both of them as well. I didn't know about that. All right. I know they came out the Creed movies too. So there's a lot to catch up on. Yes, absolutely. I'll have to do that. Good luck with Swerve tomorrow. And people could check out your interview with him as well. Coming out before Revolution on Sunday. Yeah. uh, Huey, this is an awesome, man. I appreciate the time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for for listening to us. I really appreciate it. And yes, uh, see you very soon. Okay. Join Graham GSM Matthews and RJ Marceau every Thursday as they run down their weekly wrestling rants, offer expert analysis, host exclusive interviews, and more. Subscribe today on all your favorite podcast platforms and never miss an episode of Wrestle Rant Radio. Wrestle Rant Radio.